Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for All some right, awesome. Friends, welcome back. Today we've got a fun one. Our man, Zach Lynn, is coming back on the podcast because you remember a few weeks ago, me and Rob Bell were talking about Zach's new project. It's called The Wretched Desert. It's a project that he and his wife, Holly, have been working on, and it's super good. We talk about the influence of Richard Beck on some of his tracks. We talk about our girl, guess who, Taylor Swift. And guess what? If you stay true to the podcast and listen to the whole thing, we're going to throw just a little bit, maybe one track at the very end of the podcast so that you can listen to some of Zach's new music and Holly's new music on this very podcast. And in honor of that, Zach and Holly working on this together as a married couple, I've got my wife here with me, and she's going to help me tell you about the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. Aren't you, Lindsay? Sure. you got to talk in the microphone. Sure. Thanks, Lindsay. The dream of the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology began around a kitchen table. We're a gathering of a few passionate dreamers dared to imagine a new kind of theological, psychological, and cultural training. Since 1997, the Seattle School has been committed to training therapists, pastors, artists, leaders, and social entrepreneurs to be competent in the study of tech, soul, and culture in order to serve God and neighbor through transforming relationships. They offer graduate degrees in divinity, counseling, psychology, and theology and culture, and professional development certificates for new parish leaders and lay counselors. For more about the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology, go to the seattleschool.edu. You know where else you can go, Lindsay? You can go to the Newsworthy Norsworthy Facebook page, and there will be a link to the Seattle School. Doesn't that sound great? Outstanding. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the show, friends. Today we have with us on the line from Phoenix, Arizona, Mr. Zach Lynn. And this time he's bringing his better half, Holly. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Howdy. Thanks for having us, Luke. Yeah. Zach, this is, I think, your third time, and this is the first time you've been smart enough to bring your wife. I know. I what? know. It's. Uh, I, I don't know what I was doing before, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think it'll you'll have much higher ratings now. I I'm coming to assume that. Well, Holly, thank you for for talking with us. This is is this your second podcast? Yes, yeah. The first one was with Rob Rob Bell, and yeah, I'm I'm excited. Thanks for having us. Well, yeah. Now we refer to the the Rob cast as our daughter cast because on the last podcast, Rob said that this podcast was the inspiration for his, and so we kind of feel like he's like our daughter okay. podcast. Yeah, so, like a daughter cast. <laughs> and you did so good on there. I was just telling you that before we got on the mic. And like, you're not a teacher. You don't like back. No, you... no I, I like talking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, and, and Rob and Kristen are good friends. So it's easy, you know, to talk to that. They're great. Easy to talk with. And, and you too. So you're great to talk with, you know, yeah. talk to. So well, that's great. Uh, yeah. Now you obviously people know uh, Zach's Van Jimmy at World. It, it's kind of a big deal. They've they've sold a few albums. They've toured the world. They've been together for twenty years, and so yeah. Jimmy ever knows that. Holly, people don't get to know you, but didn't you, did you grow up singing like in church, or or where did you, where's your musical background from? Um, I, I you know I guess our family is fairly musical. My mom is definitely musical. My my sister actually is really the singer in the family. She, she sang in church and she was in, she was in actually a, a band in college or like a, I guess it was a singing group, not a band in college. 
And um, we were exposed, you know, we had piano lessons and things like that, which I wish that I would have um, taken for a longer period of time. Um, but I, I guess it's, it's sort of a musical family, you know. Um, and then I did, I did sing in church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at school, you know, I sang in, in choir at, at school. So like high school and stuff. Well, so I'm, yeah. I'm always fascinated with, with couples that can work together because not everyone can do that. Like I had, uh, I, I'm not musically talented as all at all. And you will figure that out during this conversation very quickly, but I was a track guy and there was a, a couple, a married couple that was on my college track team and they were way better than me. She was, um, they both ran the Olympics. She was in the finals for the high hurdles, super talented people. And he was her coach. I was like, this is amazing. Like how like super high level athletes and they can work together. And then I find out a few years later, they got a divorce. So, (laughs) so like, like really talented people who can work together. I think it's like a special thing. So obviously the story of this album, Zach's in, in the living room, dining room, playing drums and says, Hey, this sounds great. Holly, why don't you come sing? Had, had you guys ever thought of working together before? Honestly, no. I mean, um, you know, he's always been in the band and, um, you know, so no, we hadn't really thought of that. He, he was sort of working on stuff. I mean, I, I was sort of the encourager. That was my role. Um, you know, I guess always has sort of been in, in the, in the sense of, you know, the, any kind of music, um, situation or issue and i i I don't even know how he asked me to to sing i think part of it part of it was uh going into this process of deciding oh you know trying to write um our own songs and and fiddling around with different instruments and you know uh all of that process is saturated with uh the fact that I'm limited, like I, I, you know, I, I'm not a great singer. Um, the only thing that I'm like really competent at uh, doing that involved that, that, that happens in the wretched desert is playing drums like that. I know I can do that. I've done that for a long time, but like, and also, you know, just sort of song arrangement, song arranging and, and, and sort of knowing kind of what works and what doesn't work with the song. Like those are the two things that I'm, that I'm, that I've been doing for a long time and I'm confident in, but like, I'm not a great singer. I'm not a really good bass player. Hold um, didn't you, didn't you tell Rob that you just picked up the bass cause you thought I need to put some bass on this and you yeah. never played before. Yeah. In December when, <laughs> when we started, like I started learning to play the bass in December. Dude, that's amazing. You're like, I'm just going <laughs> to play bass. Why not? And, and I sort of felt like, you know, and, um, Holly was like, well, why don't you learn guitar and I was just like, that's just a whole other thing. I don't feel like I have time to do right now. So I, part, part, part of what was, you know, part of what led to Holly, you know, part of what sort of in my mind, it became a really obvious choice. It's like, I'm limited by my voice. I'm not a great, I'm a competent singer, but I'm not like, I'm not, people aren't going to be listening to the songs because they love my voice, Right. Um, but like, on the other hand, I know I've heard Holly sing like karaoke. I've heard Holly sing before and Holly has <laughs> Holly sing at her sister's wedding. And it was beautiful. It was, uh, you know, like her, I knew her voice. Um, I didn't even get through it. Was so. really, well, you were, you were <laughs> I mean, emotional, I did, but, but I had a hard time. Yeah. Okay. But like, you know, I, I knew that I knew that she could sing. So it was, it was more of like a product of being honest with limitations and, and looking around yourself and thinking, okay, well then, um, how can we either overcome the limitation or how can we, you know, uh, you know, like, like I kind of think it's sort of 
it, it sort of makes it one of the things that makes the Wretched Desert a little bit more unique compared to like Jimmy World is that there really isn't guitar on it at all. It's all keyboards and bass. So that's sort of like a built-in. Uh, it's sort of a nice thing in, in my eyes because it's it's just you know the, uh, I'm not really all that interested in just sort of recreating a sound that yeah. um, that Jimmy World does because that's what we do in Jimmy World. So like, it would be fun to do something else. And the fact that there really isn't guitar on it um, is something that I think helps. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into the different sound from Jimmy World, there's an important question I had to ask. Holly, what's your go-to karaoke song? If, if Zach's <laughs> like auditioning his wife by listening to you doing karaoke, what's your choice? What are you going to? I'm trying to remember. We haven't sung karaoke in forever. What, what did I Don't do? you do that Bonnie Raitt song sometimes? <laughs> yes. I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. That's a great Raitt. song. But, but um, I did a Journey song, I think. Didn't I? Didn't I? Faithfully, maybe. <laughs> I've been drinking, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah so maybe... Those two. It's been a while, but yeah, I, I, a whole slew of them. Honestly, I, I don't really have like a favorite. Okay, but, fair enough. But I say I'd say the "Can't Make You Love Me" ones. It would be a good go-to. So. Okay, that's a good good choice. I have no clue what that song is, but it sounds <laughs> lovely. Like I said, I don't I don't know music, but I do know it's like a completely different sound from Jimmy World. Jimmy World, obviously rock. This what is it classified as electronic pop? I think I saw that on some tag, and I don't know if. Your face is telling me I shouldn't have said no, that. No, no, I think that's probably right. I mean, like, the the three songs that we have out right now, they have a little bit of a different feel, each one of them. But, yeah, like, I think, you know, it's it, uh, Streetlights, which is the song that I think people have, have, have kind of gravitated towards out of the three. It's certainly, like, an electronic pop song, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we had a conversation uh, a couple months ago, and we were talking about your gospel according to Phil Collins. And now the whole time I was assuming your obsession with Phil Collins is just the narrative of I'm the drummer in the back and I want to get on the front of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out this is what hap- was happening the whole time. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, it's part, you know, part of the, part of doing this is uh, honestly, uh, I really, on- I have nothing better to do right now. <laughs> Um, you know, there's nothing else going on. I'm basically for this year, I'm pretty much like unemployed. Jimmy world is not active. And so, yeah. um, so, so it's kind of like, it's really almost like a therapeutic exercise. Like if I didn't do this, I would be going insane. So, um, so that was part of, I think the impetus for just trying it. It was like, well, I, you know, the kids are at school all day. You know, and I'm sitting at home doing nothing and, you know, other than like helping around the house, like it'd be fun to do something. So it was just like part of it was boredom and and avoiding boredom. And then, you know, but that led to sort of like, oh, well, I think this is actually sounds kind of cool. And like, let's do this and let's have Holly sing on it. And it just sort of it sort of built from there. Do you, and, and, can I ask you, did, did the Phil Collins thing, like, I mean, what, because anyone who sees that would think that, but I kind of wonder myself, did you have Phil Collins is the Thanks, fuel, Holly. Phil Collins is the fuel to the fire. He's the guy, <laughs> he's the inspiration, right? Were you literally thinking that though, when you started becoming, because you seemed just more interested in how talented he was and that, because I, I well, no, but I mean, I think that like, you know, when he started, you know, it's interesting when he started working in Genesis and starting to do stuff on his own, like he'd bring songs to Genesis, like, and they'd be like, nah, we don't want to work on those. He's like, okay, well, I'll do them. You know, like, I think actually he, he took the song, uh, 
uh, in the air tonight and like showed the Genesis guys and they're like, yeah, no, we don't need to do that song. Like that, you can do that. Like they kind of just blew it up, blew them off. And so he did it. Yeah. And it's like, and, and it's kind of funny, but like, yeah, I I think that he's definitely the underdog. Like it kind of seemed like, you know, I I mean, in, in a general sort of way, I mean, he, he's gotten a lot of, a lot of critics don't like him. And I don't know. I think you kind of relate to the underdog in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, I think part of it too, what's cool about that whole element and Phil Collins is an example of this, but it's like sometimes when you do stuff, you get kind of categorized and limited by that certain thing. Right. So if you're a drummer in a band, you know, there's been times where, you know, like, uh, maybe we do like a group vocal for, for a song, you know, but it's, but it's like, it would almost be laughed at. Um, the idea of me singing on a song like legitimately or doing like a back back backup vocal mm-hmm. would be sort of snickered at and laughed at because well I'm just the drummer right I don't that's not expected of me mm-hmm. and so part of the Phil Collins thing was like when they were when Genesis when Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis and they're auditioning singers like Phil Collins would show the singer the part you know in the rehearsal and then the singer would sing it. And what everyone started to realize was like no one sings it as good as Phil Collins does when he's actually teaching them. So hmm. it's not like he assumed the role and just said, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. It's like it was people sort of coming to the re- re- realization that, you know, we don't need to limit him to this role just because he's the drummer or, you know, and it goes for anything, you know, like um, I think sometimes people get labeled or limited just by just lazy assumptions. Yeah. And and um, there's no reason to allow those to like force you to not try something if you're interested in trying something. So I think totally. Phil Collins is inspiring in that way to me. It's like he he didn't have that. He just like, well, I'm going to do it. And, you know, if they don't want to release the song, then I'll do it myself. And, like, there's nothing – he didn't have that sort of thing where it's like, well, then if they don't want to do it, maybe I shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so that's inspiring. So what I hear you saying, and this is a message that goes out to Jim and the rest of the band, hey, suck it. Let Zach <laughs> have a microphone. He can sing. That's well, what... you, no, you know that's that's not at all like what, what I'm trying to I'm say. Kidding. Yeah, but 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 I think that you know, and part of part of what Jimmy World is is we are we sound the way we sound because of the way we've done things up until now. Yeah. and it wouldn't be I don't think it's necessarily important uh, who sings and who who doesn't sing. I mean, it's, obviously, it's important that Jim sings because his voice is um, is the sort of you know in so many ways, a, a very big part of the identity of the band, but it's not like I'm not going to be coming back into the fold with Jimmy world and expecting to be singing backup vocals because I haven't done that up until now. So why would I start? So yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a thing where you work in a consensus. If everyone want, if everyone thinks, Oh, you can do this and let's do it. Then cool. If not, then it's like, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm perfectly happy and would almost even just prefer just sticking with drums. Yeah. And so, Holly, you never wanted to, like, drop a little demo and say, hey, guys, I can do some background stuff here. Never? No. no. I, I really, no. I mean, I, I've, I'm just a, I'm a professional. I, I love enjoying music. I'm, I was trying to say I'm a professional enjoyer of music. I, I, love, I love hearing their demos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really, like, grateful to, like, be... I guess, married to someone who is in a band because I can kind of witness it from afar. And I, I'm not, I've never really been a performer. Honestly, like I get nervous about, like, if I have to talk in class, like 
in college, even I would like my heart would just race out of my chest. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, that doesn't preclude someone from performing. Like I think a lot of performers like have trouble and get nervous, you know, prior to that. But, but no, I literally never thought about that. It was just, this was kind of just like a passion project for Zach and he asked me to sing on it. I was like, cool. And, you know, we kind of talk about the music and like, you know, should, what about this bridge? Do they think that sounds good? Or, you know, these verses, like, should this go here? You know, arrangement type mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, it's just, it's just kind of been fun to like be a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I literally never thought about that kind of thing. Well, but, but I just want to say the one thing that's been really nice about Holly being involved in this is that like, you know, she's the only one really around, right? So I'm working on a song or I'll come up with the drum beat or something. And, um, you know, and really, I'm showing her thinking, what do you think? And she has sort of ideas about this and ideas about that. And over the course of time, when you work with someone in a music project, you learn really quickly, like if they have a a, a good intuition, musical intuition, you know, and she she definitely has that, you know, because there's times where I'm thinking, yeah, I need to change that. And I go and change it. And she's like, no, you shouldn't change that. Keep it the way it is. But then when I change it, it made it worse, you know, and so like she was right. And so I think that that's such a helpful thing when, if you're just by yourself, it's really hard to kind of step away from it. Um, so, uh, and, 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 and be objective about it. And it's just, it's been like a really a, a lifesaver to have her be able to say, yeah, I don't know. You know, those lyrics are kind of lame or, <laughs> or, 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 you know, maybe this could be better or, you know, you know, and, and, and so that, that to me is, is, you know, it, it really helps the process a lot because it's critical to the process because if you don't have anyone bouncing things off of someone else, it's like, it's, it can be sort of a, a black hole, you know? Yeah, yeah. I learned a long time ago that my wife reads people way better than I do. And with my day job at my church, if, if there's a situation involving people, I, wholeheartedly trust whatever her intuition is about how they're feeling or what's going on with them. And I've learned that a long time ago. And I wonder like as a musician, like does it take time to realize, Oh yeah, she's really talented about this and I can trust her since this is like the first project you guys worked on. Or is that something that you've developed over the years? Well, in this case, I mean, just in the, in the musical aspect of it, I mean, there's lots of things that, that, you know, I would defer to Holly on and like, I'm, I'm the same with you, like same as you, like people could be, like visibly mad at me or upset at me because I was rude or something. And I had no idea. And Holly was like, yeah, I think that you might've been rude to them. And, uh, and so like, that's always been the case. But I think in, in this, in the context of, of the music and working on the music, I think it's just sort of something that someone kind of, you either have it or you don't, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like you have a gut feeling about like what works and what doesn't. And, um, and, Holly's certainly shown that she has that. And that's such a huge, you know, like I was saying, it's such a huge um, help to me because, you know, uh, otherwise I'd be like, I, you, you need kind of like a, a an anchor, an anchor point to kind of make sure that you're not, um, you need like quality control basically. And she, yeah. she helps, she helps with that. Uh, that's good. All right. Let's talk about lyrics for a second. Okay. So when we first talked about this, you had said, yeah, it's been influenced by Richard Beck's work. Which I don't know, Holly. You met Richard and Jana, didn't you? Yeah, a while back when they were yeah. in. Uh, Went yeah. to dinner with them. Yeah, no, outstanding. They were great. Yeah, yeah. Were, 
We love them too here. Richard, I think, has been on the show more than anyone else. So he's, we're, we're big fans of Richard back here. And you said, yeah, it, it sounds like uh, you said Richard's obviously influenced the lyrics, and I know you're a fan of his work. And, and as I'm listening to him, I'm going, yeah, I hear exactly what you're saying. But we talked before about how, like, especially like in Jimmy Ward, you said Jim writes the lyrics and he writes them very open ended. Is that what you're doing in this? Like you're trying to write open-ended stuff or is it more like, hey, this is uh, – like I'm trying to deal with some of Richard's concepts about death and all that stuff and the meaningless, meaninglessness of life, some of that? I think it's – I mean I don't intend it I, – I, I certainly don't intend it to be like an open-ended thing. Um, it's pretty specific, you know. Um the street, the song "Streetlights" is a little bit of an outlier compared to the other two. That's, yeah. Um, "Streetlights" lyrically is is a little bit different, um, and uh, I, I think that it's like a balance. You know, I think you you know, for me, um, writing the lyrics to those songs is it was a very it's was fixed on a very specific thing that I was thinking about, um, and um, but I do think that it's good, like when part of the process of, of writing the lyric and delivering it in a song is to, you want it to have a sort of, you want it to have layers, you know, I have a certain intention, but if like someone can hook into it and from a little bit of a different perspective and still have like relate to it, you know, maybe they're relating to it in a different way that I am. Mm -hmm. then I think that's great and cool and there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, I, I think Jim is hesitant just to explain lyrics. Whereas, um, and 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 I totally respect that. I think for me, I'm okay with explaining. Like this is this was the inspiration of it. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, good because I interview authors usually, and I get to pick apart the words that they say, and that that makes sense to me. But I'm not a songwriter, so I completely respect that it's a different medium. But since you're willing to go there, okay, let's talk about it. So the Richard Beck stuff that you got that you were influencing, channeling. Obviously, uh, rest in peace, Memento. Is that how you say the? Yeah. Track? Okay, so those are the ones that I also thought, like, that's dealing with a lot of... Is it Slavery of Death? Was that what you were reading, probably, during that time? Yeah, uh, it's it's that. Um, yeah, slavery, slavery of Death, for sure. And then also, like, elements of the unclean stuff where, you know, um, kind of... Uh, I think I think a lot of his writing is sort of interrelated in a lot of ways. But, um, but yeah, so... But yeah, I think slavery of death, that idea of, you know, death avoidance, Mm -hmm. um, death avoidance, uh, causes sort of pathologies that lead to sin. Whereas, you know, and, and the sort of the art of the the argument that he makes in that book. And so I, I sort of connected with that. And I think that it's an important, you know, this is sort of like a, a, a underlying issue that you see all around in life that, you know, people are trying to escape certain realities that, um, if they maybe just sort of face them and embrace them it might uh, be more helpful for them in their life, I guess. Yeah. I, I was listening to that going, this is a, a, like really good content. I don't, I don't know how you like turn this into a song, but somehow you did, which was impressive. So w- well done to you on that. Okay. Thank you. And I, and I also say like, you know, like the lyric writing process is like, if I would, come up with the general concept like you know holly is a huge help with that like well this you know this sounds a little to this way or that way and so like um especially on streetlights that that was something that we we wrote um really together like the lyrics for that were something that we sort of bounced off back and forth from each other and 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 um 
and that's been a big help too. You really wrote those lyrics, though. That wasn't. It was a bouncing off. No, I think those lyrics came out of like conversations that Holly and I had. Like you know, because I think what we do is we sit down and listen to the song and think, what does this song sound like? You know, like what's what's the story? If this were in a movie, what does it sound like? What would be going on? And so we sort of go from there, and 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 that's that's how the sort of lyrics start in general. Um, Okay, so can you explain this to me? Since I've never written a song, nor will I ever, since I just. That's not me. Okay, when you're saying, like, you are all around me. So that's, like, the, the intro part of Streetlights. Mm-hmm. My take, and and I know you're a fan of Richard Rohr, mm-hmm. just like I am. Holly, I don't know if you're a fan of Richard Rohr. Love, adore Richard Rohr. Which is the right answer to that question. Exactly <laughs> the right thing you're supposed to say. <laughs> it is correct. Okay, so obviously I, I read a lot of Richard's stuff, and I'm a big fan of Rohr and... Uh, been doing some stuff with this prayer stuff about you know learning to see everything as a mystic and i'm seeing that as the mystic reading of like the presence of the divine all around you that's my take on it when you're writing that what what are you thinking i think that you know it's sort of like again i think that one is 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 intentionally sort of a little bit vague and so that people have different entry points into it right Mm -hmm. so i think you know and um I think that song is basically, in a very general sense, a sort of, um, you know, for me specifically, that song just felt like, you know, I spend a lot of time away from home, and, you know, I'm I'm gone a lot, and 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 Holly is a huge support in my life in in many ways. So like for me, it's kind of like a, almost like a long distance love song, where you. Um, you know, where even though the person is absent from you in a sort of physical sense, you still experience the the sort of thing that they bring to your life, you know, when you're with them. And uh, so that was kind of like the 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 song just sort of felt like to like when yeah. I was when when the when when the music was coming together. I think we talked about it, and we just sort of thought this sounds kind of like a sort of really late night, early morning in like a city and like there's no one around and you're by yourself but like you you're feeling the connection to someone else mm-hmm. so um like in the way that you're sort of hooking onto the song is totally like consistent with that kind of like very sort of general thing like you know the thing might not be right in front of you mm-hmm. or next to you but it's there you know and and i think that's to me it has double meaning too i think i i mean I feel like a lot of love songs can can have both meanings intertwined and you you know say you're listening to that song you know for the you know 50th time you know you, it can have a different meaning one day and uh, compared to the next you know what I mean and mm-hmm. sometimes it can be god and sometimes it can be your loved one you know and I feel like when we were singing it and um you know even writing it I think it had d- both of those meanings you know yeah so no, it's great. It's great. What? Uh, so tell me, like the rest of the process. You guys had a couple songs that you liked. You narrowed it down to three that you released as an EP. Are you, th- are you like, hey, this is great. We're gonna put this out and see what happens with it. You want to do more? What What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I think it was the early early on. It was let's just get three songs done, and and we um I uh we reached out to a guy named Jamie Wolford who um is a Phoenix guy. He's a musician producer. And so he, we, you know, we kind of worked with him and just got the three songs done. And, um, but there's a bunch of, bunch of other songs that we're sort of in the process of figuring out, you know, which ones we want to do and how to do them. And 
So, yeah, I mean, I think we definitely want to do more music. I think there's more material there that just needs to be sort of yeah. refined and finished. But, um, there's but yeah. a lot. Yeah. There's like 20 songs or something. Really? 20? Yeah. So, I mean, to, to varying, you know, places of completion. I mean, they're... But a lot of them are are close. So, but really? you know, they're just, they're demos, though. So, I understand. Yeah. Well, do you guys want to perform? Or, I mean, what is what's the goal? Obviously, you just want to make the music, and now you've got some stuff. People, I I like it. I would listen to it. I, I want to hear you guys. I think that's our. I think for us, um, you know, there's three songs that are out right now, and that's kind of it. Like, we can't really perform because you can't go and set up and like. <laughs> Play three songs and I'll say, okay, good night. See you later. <laughs> and, um, and, and honestly, like w- w- the, the sort of live performance thing is something that we're, I think in the present moment, just sort of thinking we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Um, you know, if, 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 if that comes at all, you know, and, and I think for us, it's like, we're not, we don't really have any expectations for what this is. Uh, it's just like, we're going to put out music and, let sort of the demand of the music dictate the decisions we make. Like if we'll play a show, if people want us to, if, if we feel like, you know, people would come and people would like it, then we'll do it. But uh, unless, you know, we get a really strong sense that that's happening and we probably would just, just kind of keep putting out songs here and there and, and keep it to that unless, you know, demand or, or people, let, let the sort of demand of the music dictate what we do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think being new at it, you know, you, you sort of have this hope or expectation that you get better as time went on, you know, better at playing whatever instrument you're picking up or, you know, even better at drums, which you've been playing for so many years. Um, and not only that, but like something that I have kind of felt like is I, I've, I've really struggled with actually being in a band with Zach, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's, it's again, a passion project. So it wasn't that big of a deal, you know, but I, it's the lack of experience and like the thought that if, if actually his music started to do well at some point, um, or, or our music, see, um, that I might just bow out and let someone else, you know, take that spot, um, but, but, you know, I mean, Zach is, is ridiculous, of, by the way. <laughs> but, but yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that, um, I, I, the hope is to, to just keep putting out more music, get better at it. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, this is so new for both of us. He's been in a band for a super long time, but, but, but new at writing your own stuff, you know, and recording your own stuff. So yeah, definitely. And Zach, you said you guys are taking like a year off with Jimmy at World and that's, through next like end of the year or when, when is that it, it basically you know probably until uh the end of this year you know mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll start to i think uh reconvene and and start working you know towards the end, end of this year cool now i don't know if you saw this or not but uh recently taylor swift said that uh, the fifth most influential song in an article on rolling stone was y'all song the middle jimmy yeah. song did you see that I did see that. I'm assuming as soon as you saw that, your first thought was, man, when I was on Luke's podcast and he said, is it cool if I really just openly admit to loving Taylor Swift? Aren't you glad you said yes to that question? Because otherwise you probably wouldn't have said anything on Rolling Stone about you guys. <laughs> no, I, you know, we're, we're, we're fans of Taylor Swift. We actually, Jimmy World did a cover of Taylor Swift's song. Did you really? Yeah. Um, it's actually on iTunes, I think. It's, um, 
Man, I forget the name of the song, but it's a really cool song. Yeah. We are never getting back together. I think that's what it's called. Um, (laughs) So we did a cover of that and um, that was really fun to do. But yeah, we're, we're, we're big fans of Taylor Swift. Unashamed. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I'll send out messages to her, let her know that she can come on and talk about how much she loves (laughs) the world anytime. And, uh, you guys did some great stuff. I really enjoyed the the three songs I got here. I look forward to hearing more. Hopefully thanks soon. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Thank Luke. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. Holly, Zach, thanks for your time. It's been fun. Thanks for having us. The sirens blare